Okay, we are here on the Leader Farming Podcast this morning with my friend, Courtney Evans. Uh, Courtney is, uh, wow, man, uh, we go pretty far back, uh, although our recent years have uh, gotten significantly closer. I remember back when I first became a, a Chick-fil-A operator, this this guy walking in my restaurant named John Lovell, um, and uh, he was servicing fire extinguishers and fire suppression systems and he uh introduced himself and said hey i'm with american fire shield and oh by the way we also do hood cleaning and hoods unlimited and uh my buddy courtney we work together and uh and then somewhere in the conversation he mentioned that he was a he was an army ranger veteran and i was like look you don't have to say anything else like all right you got my business and so you and i have have technically been working together. I've been an operator almost 15 years and uh, your company has, has been helping my company with services and uh, hood cleaning and fire suppression systems and, and all that stuff. But, but man, it was like, I don't know, probably two years ago, um, maybe two and a half years ago, right around COVID timeframe where um, yeah, two years ago where I remember where I was, I was in my, I was in my parking lot. I have my trailer. Uh, and for some reason I was taking a refrigerator or something out of the restaurant and I was loading it up on my trailer and I'd called you and you called me back. And, and we just, it was just a moment of, of connection where we were like, man, we need to spend some more time together. And we have so much in common. I mean, we got a bunch of kids, uh, <laughs> and we homeschool. We're both entrepreneurs and, uh, Man, you know, when I think about my lifetime goals, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I want to be a, a millionaire or whatever. Like my goals are I want to have godly children. I want to have a fruitful marriage. I want to have deep friendships, healthy, long life. And then just, you know, I just want to be debt free, like financially free of debt. And um, in that category of deep friendships, man, uh this is something that we are cultivating. And I can honestly say, uh, I can count on, on probably one hand, the, the depth of friendships that I have. And I I don't really think you're supposed to have that many that are really deep. Um, but you and I are, are certainly cultivating a very, very deep friendship. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. In fact, uh, when we finish recording this in just a few hours, we're going to spend four days together um, at our Life Impact uh, Wild at Heart Basic. And uh, you've been through that a couple times and you're a partner in the ministry and you're bringing some guys this time. And so really looking forward to to spending the weekend with you. But tell us a little bit about Courtney Evans, um, who you are, um, and I know who you are is not defined by what you do, but also, you know, I've, I've kind of mentioned um, that in terms of what you do, but just, just tell us, you know, uh, a little bit about you and um, take a, take a few minutes to tell us about your family and, um, and how we're coming into this conversation. Absolutely. Um, well, I, uh, I, was born into a big family. I do, I do have a big family. Um, we share that. 
in common, but um, I was born into a big family. Um, um, I'm one of six kids and uh, my mom and dad had four boys and then two girls. And, um, you know, they started pretty early in life. Um, you know, my oldest brother was, um, you know, uh, the result of a high school pregnancy um, with my mom and my dad. So, so they, they were not saved um, and um, got started that way. And, um, but, you know, year, a few years before I was born and I'm number three in the lineup, um, they, they were um, saved. And, you know, um, so I, I really was brought up in a, in a really um, uh, happy home, you know? had a good childhood, um, no major traumas. Uh, all my siblings are still alive. Um, we, a lot of us, you know, live in Georgia. Most of us live in Georgia. Um, uh, my dad actually just passed away, um, a few months ago, July 19th, um, that it was cancer and it was, it was, a, it was a sudden ordeal, but other than that, um, you know, my mom is still living. Um, my oldest brother, you know, lives in North Carolina. But other than that, we're all still living around here. And, uh, you know, there's a great we have a great big family. Um, um, my mom has like 24 grandkids. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we just had Halloween, usually Halloween, you know, we just make a couple of my wife sends out a couple of texts and 30 people at her house, you know, and, um, and so like Thanksgiving, we're, we're all headed up to North Carolina and, um, uh, you know, there's going to be campers in the driveway and, um, and, a, a renting a VRBO and there's going to be 30 of us or 40 of us up there. Um, so just, you know, a big, happy family. Um, uh, we, we are, are together a lot. I'm, I'm blessed that way. Um, very blessed. Uh, my wife was from a, a really small family. Um, she just had, um, one brother and, um, they, um, you know, her story is way, her, her story is way different than mine. Um, until the point that we merged in marriage, you know, she, um, and she had one brother. She went to a private school, a small private school down in Columbus, Georgia, near Fort Benning. Um, grew up next to Fort Benning. Um, and, um, you know, her, her mom, her dad is a, and mom and dad are still alive. And, um, you know, super nice, sweet mom, love her dearly. Um, uh, her dad, super kind. Uh, he was a professor, but he just, you know, um, early in Laura's life, he just wanted out of the marriage, you know, just a peaceful divorce, you know, he just wanted to do something else, you know, or whatever, you know, he just wasn't really bound by his, you know, commitment to marriage, you know, and um, so, you know, at a young age at 12, you know, when she was 12 years old, he just left. And that was a tough, um, that was a tough ordeal. I mean, I mention it now, because it's just so part so much a part of her story. Um, um, because that, that was, you know, um, a kind of a domino effect for her where she ended up being, you know, um, you know, of course she was very wounded by that. She, she, um, she wanted nothing, like nothing to do with, with her dad leaving. She, um, she threw a fit about it, you know, um, she never, and to this day, she'll say she's a, 
she's a grown woman who still hasn't got over the fact that her parents divorced. Mm. And, um, but, um, so she, she, um, six years later or five years later, her mom ended up remarrying her dad remarried and started another family. Um, and then six years down the road, she had just graduated high school. Um, she went into college. Um, her first day of college um, was on her 18th birthday. And, and on that day, her brother just really, it seemed like out of nowhere, um, took his life um, at the Christian school um, that she had just graduated from. And so her, but but what God had done in her life that was a huge blessing is they put, put her in a in that Christian school where her friends, the, the, the class of 10 people or so that they, they, she was a part of boys and girls, um, you know, they're still a close knit, um, community and, and, um, and that incident even made them closer because of how they, you know, surrounded her in that tragedy. And, um, and, and then also just probably three very godly men, um, and when I say godly, just, I mean, full of love in their heart, just loving people. I know them to this day. They're just wonderful people. Brother Don Wilhite, Ed Smith, um, Ashley, I don't know his last name, but um, they all, you know, um, were a father figure to her, stepped in as a father figure to her. And um, so, um, you know, that, um, you know, I, Laura and I met in 2002 and that was, and I think uh, her brother took her life in, in 96. So, uh, um, and it might've been 95, but, you know, five or six years later, I met Laura, you know, as a somewhat healed woman, you know, I mean that there was a lot, there's a lot that had happened there, but, um, I was in my mid twenties, she's in her mid twenties. I actually, you know, being part of a big family, I, my dad really wanted us to be uh, a big self, a big uh, family business. And, um, you know, and, and being, you know, starting off with four boys, he was doing pretty good, you know, it's like, cause he was in a, he was in a, uh, he was in the painting industry or they would call it coatings industry when it's complicated and sophisticated, you know, uh, the, the projects. And, uh, there's, you know, you know, it's a huge industry. Um, he, um, he worked hard and he um, learned a lot and, and he uh, really, you know, when I was in middle school or so, he left that company to start his own business and thinking we were all going to go join him, you know, but he just had, he had major wounding, you know, that, that, um, you know, I wasn't aware of or anything that just came, he carried from his past um, his and, and, um, and so we didn't want to work for him. And, and, and so my oldest brother went and worked for him and then he, he, he jumped off into the ministry. It was like, you know, and then my second brother who I was closest to went off to work for him and I'd go help in the summers and I didn't like how anything worked. I didn't like how he was treated, you know? And so, you know, um, you know, I, I, I remember having a, a defining moment with my dad that, that one summer and saying, I'm never going to work for you. So I went and looking for people who, you know, I wanted to be like, and, you know, and I, and I met, you know, a distant relative who was in forestry. And I was like, you're a cool guy. You got a company four wheel drive pickup truck. That all sounds pretty awesome. You work in the woods all the time. Um, I went to UGA and went to their forestry school and, um, 
and ended up um, getting a degree in forestry. And it was, um, you know, that that all wasn't a mistake. I'm not in forestry anymore. I'm self-employed doing, you know, totally different thing. But God used that to um, just to prove to me, I think, that he wanted me to be here because I was able to chase that road a little bit. I actually um, got a job, ended up in North Georgia. And, you know, that industry kind of chewed me up and spit me out. I wasn't real good at it. And about the time I started my own business was the time I met Laura, my wife, and it was my, my mom playing matchmaker. And, um, you know, um, you know, it was pretty much love at first sight. Um, and, um, we'd been married about the summer will be 20 years. And, um, and we had three biological kids of our own. And, um, but after, probably four or five months after. So I had two boys and a girl um, and the girl was born in 09 and she just turned, she just had a 13th birthday. And, um, but four or five months after that, my sister's children, she ended up having four children. Um, she ended up having problems with drug addiction. And, um, and, and by the time her, kids got to about five or six years old she just couldn't take care of them anymore it just was all too evident that they were sick they weren't able to attend school like they're supposed to she was getting trouble you know truancy problems and um so i just stepped in and um we first we took in her first child and then um her second and then the last two jumped on board at the same time and so that's how I ended up with seven kids like Zach. And um, yeah, so that's that's who Courtney Evans is. And, and um, you know, the spiritual journeys um, not really been talked about, but um, um, I guess, you know, I could just to, to summarize. That's who I am. I, I started that business the same about the same time I, I met Laura. Um, started it's it's all in the fire protection kind of realm um it's you know what i'm good at i i have a, a weird talent for being good at cleaning kitchen exhaust hoods and uh, then that led into fire extinguisher work and kitchen suppression work and i started in february of 2002 and now it's uh november of 2022 so can't believe it's been 20 years but just uh i and this will be a good transition, um, for perhaps, but yeah, man, two years ago, you know, Zach had been a customer of mine for a long time. And, um, you called me at a God divine prov providential moment in my life. Mm. Um, and, um, you just, just really, uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, you, um, had a tag that was out of date that you needed help with. And then the next mm -hmm. thing, you know, we're an hour deep into a conversation and <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how, you know, God works and that, you know, my, my call was like you said, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a sticker, you know, part of the industry is you have to um, have these tags or these stickers that, that show, you know, when, things were, were cleaned, um, as part of the regulation, uh, to make sure that there's not going to be a fire, you know, and that sort of thing. And, 
and uh, I guess your guy had had uh, providentially forgotten to uh, to update the sticker. And I was like, I was like, hey, man, um, I need it. I know y'all came out. I just I need this the sticker updated because somebody had pointed it out during inspection. And I was like, oh, man, you know, and so. Um, so, yeah. And then, like you said, I mean, it just uh, it turned into to to a deep conversation that has uh continued since that day and uh yeah so you know one of the things that we we talk a lot about here on the podcast is you know just this idea that the world that we live in teaches us that success and performance and achievement are all you know based on you know, grit and uh, drive. And, and, and again, there's a place for that. Right. But it's, it's all um, it, everything has to be up and, and to the right. As I say, you know, if you've got this, this chart performance over time, it's just off the chart up and to the right. And if, if for some reason, you know, you have a, a, a bad month or a bad year, you know, you're looking at that as to what did I do wrong or, you know, what is wrong with me? Um, or, you know, we interpret that in so many different ways toward our um, persona of, of achievement and performance. And, and then that just gets really mixed up uh, in our heads. And, you know, there's 18 inches between your, your head and your heart. And, and so very quickly it kind of goes into that and, and you start thinking, you know, well, I, I start interpreting it as I'm I'm not enough, or you know, I am um, I'm I, I'm not capable, or I don't have what it takes. And man, you know, you and I are involved in in this this journey of becoming. Um, and so maybe we we tee off the next you know part of this conversation with just like as you think back about your life and the things that you've gone through, you know, we, I interpret life in seasons, you know, and it's, it's, I believe God gave us the, the design for that and the example for that in, in nature. I mean, right now it's, it's fall and, you know, I love fall. It's my favorite time of year. In fact, I'm, I'm really excited about going up to to LJ this weekend with you and um, just, man, the leaves are going to be beautiful and, uh, it's just, it's the best, best time of year to be up there. But, you know, right after fall comes winter and, you know, people, so many people get depressed in winter because there's no signs of growth and everything's gray and dormant. And, um, and I, I think that one of the things that, that, uh, I like to, remind people of in my life and as I'm discipling people and coaching people in my business. And it's just that winter does have a purpose. Winter um, serves a significant purpose in that because it's not, there's, there's not uh, leaves and flowers and, and all that kind of thing going on outwardly. The, the, let's just use a tree. For example, the tree is able to focus all of its growth and energy downward into the root structure um, to, to help sustain, 
you know, think about future storms and, and things that are coming. And so like if if the tree doesn't have to focus its energy on what is visible from the outside uh, and it's able to focus the the growth toward depth and really I think roots are synonymous with the word character, you know, and and so we're we're growing our character and we're sustaining building a, a a stronger foundation. And so I think my question for you, and you can relate this to any story that you like uh, about something that you've gone through that was, you know, a difficult season, a winter season, and and how you've grown from that. But like who are we talked about who you are, um, but I guess to tee this up, like, who are you becoming? Who is Courtney Evans becoming? And like I said, you use a story if you want about uh, something that you've been through that illustrates who you are becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, man, and um, I, um, I'm, I'm glad to do the interview kind of like this. Um, I'm, I, I was writing down little things. Um, my mind gets, will get flooded with thoughts because, um, I am such a construction zone right now. You know, I mean, if you, if you just imagine, um, you know, the, the skyscraper or, you know, being built in a downtown area, you know, there's just a million things going on, man. I I mean, there is just, you know, deconstruction going on and construction going on at the same time, you know, and, um, and, you know, what that, what you, you mentioned really quickly, you know, the 18 inches between the head and the heart. And that's just been something that God's been teaching me just in these weeks, you know, just, um, very, you know, I find God teaching you one thing at a time. And I, and I think that, you know, that I think maybe perhaps in um, my imagination sees, you know, my head and my intellect, you know, having all these books I've read and all my experiences and, you know, conversations and you think you figure things out, but man, and, but that disconnect or that different location of the heart that's 18 inches here. The problem is, is that there's like a one bit bandwidth. Like there's a, there's a bottleneck right there, you know? And it's like, and it's like only one, like it just, it takes a minute for things to, that to go from here and, and actually get down into here where you're, where you're living it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I guess I would, use that to, to jump into when I think of winter seasons, um, a real winter for me, what, you know, and I'm thinking back to like the dark ages, I, I, I think in the 1300s or something, there was a, uh, an ice age of sorts or a mini ice age, they say, you know, um, so I may have, I've definitely had seasons, you know, in the last 10 years, but, but you know, 10 years ago, I, I was in like a mini ice age, you know, of my own heart, you know? And, um, so having grown up Christian, um, you know, in a Christian household or whatever, I would say I even similar to my wife, I had three men that I, that I treasured, um, and wanted to be like, you know, one was my pastor. We were, we went to a tiny church. Um, but I loved his intellect and I'm not, 
I don't consider myself an intellectual, but I love intellectuals and I love in, I love learning and, and, and to try to be smarter and all that other kind of stuff. And um, so there was that guy. And, and then there was um, my grandpa on my mom's side, who was just um, a, a dear man, loved me. And then there was um, my piano teacher um, who just had, was so pure, you know, and I just I never really uh, saw him commit a sin, you know? And so I, I had that as guidance and then I, but I didn't know much about scripture. I didn't know much about the Bible. Um, there wasn't all the things that are available to us today, right? But I wanted to know. So I get, I got married really being um, still a baby sort of in my, what I knew about the Bible and stuff. And so once I got married and I joined a church, um, I, I dove in and it, that also was kind of married with the time that the technology became available. You know, my first iPod that I ever got was in 2005. And um, it happened that 2005 was the year Kirk, Hurricane Katrina hit. And our church, we had a church in, in December of 2005 was when I got my first iPod. So, um, so we, our church sent a 12 person team down to Hurricane Katrina, and that was a providential move on God's part. I mean, I really remember being in the bus before I stepped on the bus. I said, God changed my heart. I'm unfulfilled, you know, and man, things happened in that, in that, you know, that trip. Well, one of the things that happened was, um, I won't, I don't have time for the story, but um, a very special teacher entered my life through, I, I just got a hold of his material through that trip. And um, I came home and just took this guy's material. And while I was out working, I could do two things at once. I could, I had the, the wire, I'd wire myself up while I was working and I would just listen to Bible teaching so much, so much, so much. And I was and I was like a little soldier at our church, man. I was just volunteering for everything, you know? Yes. Oh, you guys want me to teach Sunday school? I'm on my way, you know? Show me how to be. I'll be an assistant first, you know? So I was just, I was that guy, you know? Um, and so I learned a ton about the Bible and um, I was doing all the things and our church, our family was just a model family, you know, there every time the door was open, which was Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know? And then in between, I mean, my life really just became, it was all my social life. So if I wasn't talking about Jesus or, or in church, I was working, you know, I wanted or sleeping. That was, that was my, that was me, you know, for good 10 years. But this, you know, what started to happen on the inside was something I can, I've unpacked and I can kind of, I can see it now, but, um, but, but um, there was this self-righteousness that was growing inside of me. You know, where I knew all this stuff about the Bible and I knew all this stuff that we were supposed to be doing. And for six years, I had been leading, you know, a 30 person Sunday school class and teaching lessons every Sunday. And I was continually getting frustrated, you know, with the guys that would come in. And I'm like, well, no, Matt, no wonder, dude, you know, you're not you're a mess. You know, I mean, you're not even reading your Bible. You're doing this. You know, I mean. I didn't, I wasn't necessarily saying that stuff on the outside, but that's my judgment on the inside, you know? And, um, and that just, you know, that, and that I was off track, 
you know, not didn't know I was off track, you know, but but because I wasn't receiving, you know, the love of God and and uh, and I, I was caught on this stumbling block of like self-righteousness, you know, what it ultimately ended up happening was I just I ended up going into this mini ice age of a winter and a midlife crisis when I was in my mid thirties, about 10 years ago to where I was so angry at everything um, that, you know, I, um, and I, and, and, and just, I'll tell you what I did in a second, but like, I was, I was just so angry with, with, um, with every part of my, I was angry with my customers. I didn't want to talk to them. I was angry with my workers. I didn't want to deal with them. I was angry with the people at my church. I didn't, necessarily want to do it deal with them and I was just so angry and I didn't even know why and 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 I and I would hear the song I remember Crowder you know would uh, David Crowder put out these old hymns and you know one of those hymns was like you'll know them by the words were like you'll know them by their love mm. and I was like there's no love in me something's wrong you know and um and so you know like, like that just, that put me in this place where, I mean, it was, um, I, I it, it probably took, it, it probably took maybe two years to fully come out, you know, but the end result, because I still wasn't, still hadn't gotten to the point of any kind of breakthrough or change or whatever that I just got like that summer. I remember it was like 2012, summer of 2012, I had, um, had a little accident. I fell off a ladder. I broke my heel. I broke my wrist and I couldn't put weight on my left foot for two months. I remember going to the doctor and saying, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, um, can you prescribe anything? So I don't get angry, you know, cause I wasn't a drinker. I wasn't, you know, whatever, but I was just angry all the time. And, and he was, I could tell his confusion and his helplessness they ended up giving me a prescription and, and they were like, you know, it'll give you maybe a few weeks to kick in. And after it didn't kick in, um, I threw the stuff away. Cause like a month later, I, I go, I end up in a rage and I'm thinking every, I'm going to damage every relationship I'm in. Cause I I'll just come off the handle and yell. And, and then I turned to drinking, not, not for long, but I turned to drinking for a little bit. I was like reading a book and I'm like, well, president Truman used to drink bourbon. Maybe I'll give it a shot, you know, but and that ended up being a bad path for me. And um, so what ended up happening was I just did a pull my roots up. And I just I, I, I remember being so discouraged in that season that because I remember I said I was such a good little soldier and I wanted I wanted generals. I wanted people to tell me what to do, you know, mm. that I just kind of walked away and I thought I have no teachers. You know, and that was literally what I what I thought to myself. And I remember having the conversation with people. I was like, I if they had anything to show me that was going to be a diff make a difference in my life, really, I, I um they would have told me by now. I would know by now. I was out looking for it, you know, all the time. You know, I, I was I was a yes man. And um um and and you know, um and then I I just you know things that people did didn't make sense. Um, you know, um, a lot of crazy things were going on back then, you know, um, we had, and, and, and I just, I, that, I halfway, it was like, I'd taken Jesus in my faith. Imagine me in a, my truck and rolling down the window 
and having my faith and just being like ready, like, like throwing it out. But then like, like when I'd released it, just, I just grabbed, hold on a second. There was something in me that said, you better not throw it all the way out. Yeah. You know, hold on, you know? And so I took that little piece that I'd held on to, but I was sitting there in a season where I was ready to be atheist. I was ready to be agnostic. I didn't know what I wanted to be, but whatever I was doing wasn't working for me, mm. you know? And um, so, you know, um, I went through another 10 years. Well, and that's where like my wife would call it a midlife correction or crisis. That's when it started because to, to her, it was a crisis. She was watching me pull our family out of church, you know, do all these things suddenly that I wasn't, it wasn't character of me to do. You know, a lot of people were concerned. They called me. In fact, my brothers had an intervention and tried to take me to a, um, <laughs> you know, a health place, you know, a mental health place, you know, to get myself evaluated. Maybe I've got mental problems, you know, whatever. It was just so, all of it was so abrupt and such a, a, a hard change. But what was going on inside of me was this correction. And you were talking about up and to the right, you know, I was such an up and to the right guy that I, like this is this is my little war room. It's not very pretty. It's where I work out and stuff, but it used to be my office. And even though even if I wouldn't see customers in a day, I would be down here at 8 a.m. sitting at my desk as if I were going to meet customers that day. Shaved, dressed, you know, collared shirt on, pants, whatever, looking like an owner, you know, sitting right here ready. And um, and when that when that little snap happened, I didn't shave my face for two years. My beard went down to my almost my belly button. I I threw out my um, my pants. I I put I wore one outfit, and I I got in the shower with it at night and and <laughs> ring it up, hang it up to. I became a minimalist. I became a like whatever. Like I just shed all these things out of my life. I, put, I wore flip-flops. I stopped work wearing, wearing boot, you know, work boots and all this kind of stuff. And, um, because, and I wanted, I, all of it was intentional. I was, I was completely sane, but I was like, when my kids get old enough to ask me what the heck was going on with you back then, dad, I'm going to have a story, you know? Mm. And, and really God did bring healing into my life, you know? Totally. You know, I pulled out of our church because I was in need of something and I wasn't finding it. Like we're back at that church now, not because I'm in need, but because I want to give, you know, Yeah. and I, and I found it, you know, and, um, um, so anyhow, um, the, uh, the, but, but if we were to fast forward to like maybe six or seven months before you and I, called and had that conversation god had a season of change brewing you know mm -hmm. in me and i didn't and i wasn't even really aware of it and the way and he didn't even really bring it as a winter upon my heart he really brought it in as like um it was a it was a problem with one of my children you know that was coming of age you know and i was like dang it i'm the dad i gotta step in i gotta intervene you know, and um, and then that started. And, and so when I thought I was stepping in to intervene for him, it ended up being a rescue mission for me, mm. you know, and I didn't even know that I needed it, you know, um, necessarily. But uh, I know it now that I found it, you know. Mm.
So there's probably, you know, and it's just stuff I can't stop talking about. So you'll have to interrupt me and ask questions. Um, <laughs> you know, well, well, bro, that is, um, man, there, there's a lot in there. And can I say this when absolutely. we hung up and you sent me becoming a king, mm -hmm. I quickly read through Morgan's that book. And I was just like, dude, you've been reading my mail. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was, so I, I identified. And so, um, and, uh, and it, and it, and it brought me to this, I mean, all he put beautiful words to all of the things, the seasons, the excavating, the, you know, when you, when, when you, you know, the life of a 30 year old man in America these days is one that's a city that, you know, you got to tear things down before you build it. I mean, it just, all that stuff. I'm like, yep. Amen. Mm -hmm. Happened to me. Yes, sir. <laughs> so yep. anyhow, no, um, no. go ahead. No, that's so good, man. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much in there, uh, the, the transparency that you shared and, and, and your journey, uh, yeah, I had this thought as you were talking, you know, my, my granddad used to tell me like, you know, I think it was my granddad that said this, um, I might be wrong. It might've been my dad, but either way, um, you know, don't, don't trust a man that doesn't cut his own grass. And, uh, I, you know, and not, not that, you know, we live in a world today where a lot of people, you know, subcontract that out, but, um, if you don't know how to cut your grass, I think that's, that's a problem. But, uh, but in the same vein, I honestly don't trust a man that hasn't had a crisis of faith. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you tell me that you just, you know, grew up and, and I don't care what denomination or what, you know, organization it was and everything's just been hunky dory since, you know, day one, um, and you've never questioned your faith and you've never, you know, really, uh, wrestled with God. Um, I, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I, I don't know if I, I trust you. <laughs> it's, it's, there's probably a lot of self-righteousness in there, uh, as you mentioned, um, uh, and in your journey and how that was prior to your crisis of faith. And so, um, Man, we are, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but you know, we, we are, uh, we're at 1040 and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. so, you know, and, and it's man, time flies and I, you know, uh, I, I want to honor your time. Um, and maybe, you know, we can, we can jump back on and of course you and I are going to get to continue this conversation all weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the listeners out there, um, let's just, uh, let's close this out with, if you are speaking directly to, you know, uh, a young professional, uh, someone that, uh, is, you know, I, I think a lot of the folks out there listening or, or, you know, work at Chick-fil-A or they're just, you know, like in, in my world, but I, I don't even know who's listening. I don't even track the, I don't track the stats, but but I think, um, you know, they're, they're young folks out there listening. And my question for you, if you're, if you're sitting here with them and you're looking them in the eyes and you want to share something that you believe will uh, potentially change the trajectory of their life or change the course of their life, um, 
and I know this is a big question, but what 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 would you say to them right now? Like you've got this moment of time to share this this nugget of wisdom from Courtney Evans and his, you know, 45 years of life. And um, is it 45? You're 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought we were right at the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what, what do you want to share? Um, you know, I would share exactly what I shared with you before when we got on momentarily. And I told you, you know, um, I woke up and I, I just I believe now that it's just the design or something of the enemy. Anything that's not a God or not a faith is of the enemy, in my opinion. I just I treat it that way. And I had I had I woke up with work anxieties this morning. And my first my first combat against that was and this is something that just has helped me here. You know, God gives you these breadcrumbs and then just repeat them and hold on to them, you know, but it's God's world. You know, you know, if you're a very young, driven, tired, whatever person, um, you know, that might be right here. And when I say that one band, it might not be right here, you know, and I would ask you to ask Jesus to pray until the fact that this is God's world and he owns everything in it, including you and your time. That takes a lot of pressure off for me, Mm. you know? And um, one of my habits that God has taught me about learning, and I've heard this from an old football coach, you know, but repetition is the mother of all learning, you know? Mm. And man, I, you know, so one of the habits that I get into is take, take something, take, men that I love to learn from and, and then always the Bible because the scripture is full of men that, in Christ that I want to learn from, you know? And so last week, it, it, and, and, and I stay on something for a solid week. To me, there's something magical about a week in, in, in the cycle of life, you know, in my routines, I find, I find ways to do things on week, weekly cycles or whatever, but like I'll stay on something for a week. Last week I was on Matthew 16. And so for one solid week, that piece of advice Christ drilled into my heart and soul all last week, every single day. And then I dwelled on it as much as I could throughout the day was that like, what does it matter if you gain the whole world, if you lose your soul, bro? Mm. You know, dude, I mean, and we're going to be getting into that with wild at heart, you know, like, you know, out of your heart precedes your life, you know, Mm. so above all things, guard your heart, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's it, man. So just be, just. Hey, ambition is the, this is George McDonald says, ambition is the dirt of God's kingdom. Mm. Okay. That's where we, we're going to be standing on that stuff when we're in heaven, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's right. It's being ambitious for Christ is really the only pursuit that's worth, worth it. Um, and so, and so, you know, when you get tired or, or whatever, just, you know, realize that your soul is worth so much more than your career. You know, mm. and it's and it's um, and you don't ever give it up. And God, Christ is here to offer us true life. You know, he's here to give us that life, that light, you know, of, um, uh, you know, that 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 is light to the true soul. There's going to be a movie coming out called Jesus Revolution in February. I got a chance to, to see the pre-screening of it, but it was about the Jesus movement that happened in 1969. Mm. Um Dude, we're in it. We're in an era here where we're ripe with people. The, those hippies that came to Christ and put away drugs, they were looking for God in those drugs, mm-hmm. you know. But what gave them the joy and what made that movement so huge was that they found light 
And it wasn't a light that went away. It wasn't a light that lasted for three hours and then gave you a hangover. You know, it was real light. It was real life. And that's where joy comes from. And, and so that's what I'll say. Good stuff, brother. It's long. <laughs> no, you're good. Right. Well, brother, I am so grateful for your time. Um, I'm honored to be your friend. Oh, and uh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to spending the weekend with you. Yep. And uh, until uh, until we we meet again, um, which is in a few hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but for our for our listeners out there, um, definitely want to have you back on the show to share yeah. some of your your wisdom and and, and thoughts. So I'd love, love to you, do man. Part two. Love you, bro. Yeah. All right. See you. Thank you.